Hi everyone, Nick Petrella here. This episode is sponsored by Steve Weiss Music, percussion specialist since 1961. If you're looking for a rare piece of sheet music, a specialty gong, or anything percussion, Steve Weiss Music will have it. Please visit steveweissmusic.com or click their link in the show notes. That's S-T-E-V-E-W-E-I-S-S music.com, our percussion series sponsor. Welcome to the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast, making art work. We highlight how entrepreneurs align their artistry, passion, and vision to create and pursue opportunities to capture value in the arts. The views expressed by guests on the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the podcast or its hosts. The appearance of a guest on the podcast, the venture they represent, or reference to any product or service does not imply an endorsement or recommendation by the podcast or its hosts. The content provided is for entertainment and informational purposes only and does not constitute business advice. Here are your hosts, Andy Heiss and Nick Petrella. It's a great honor today to be joined by Dame Evelyn Glennie, one of the world's most recognized percussionists. She's a double Grammy award-winning musician who's collaborated with artists as varied as Bjork, the Royal Shakespeare Company, and major symphony orchestras around the world. We'll link to her bio in the show notes because it's just too long to read here. Here's part two of our interview with Evelyn Clinney. Why do music and the arts matter? Why does music and the arts matter? Yes. Oh, my heavens. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, it's, it's the daily medicine the world needs. It's as simple as that. It ma- I mean, can you imagine if we were right this moment where an announcement came up in our screens and said, from today, for one year, there will be no music of any sort, no musical sound of any sort, nothing. So we have no access to absolutely anything of that sort. And I'd be so curious to see how human beings would be at the end of the year. I think we'd be a completely different species. I really, really do. The the arts is a form of communication. It really is. So, and we all communicate in different ways. I mean, in the same ways, but, but we communicate, some people communicate better through dance, through visual art, through sound, through words, and so on and so forth. And... Sometimes it it can take a real tragedy, such as the one we've all experienced over the past year, where there's been a great loss of life and hardship and so on for an awful lot of people. And it's often the arts that they have gone to to just kind of tide them over. It could be a song. It could just be a little verse that they've stumbled across, a little poem, or just just an expression of something. You know, it doesn't have to be a masterpiece or anything like that. It's these little things that matter 
It really is. And that's why children are so interesting, because they can pick up a great big fat crane and go whoosh, you know, across a, a piece of paper. And you're immediately kind of mesmerized by it, not just by the action of how they involve the whole body. But, you know, this to them is a creation. And we as adults have no right to say, oh, well, that's just a squiggle or that's just that means nothing or whatever. It means absolutely everything to that youngster. And so it's our job to then think, wow, well, what does it mean to us? You know what I mean? Now, it doesn't have to mean anything at that particular point. But the point is, is that that squiggle could be fixed onto our fridge or whatever it might be, or a kitchen cupboard, and we look at that every day. And perhaps without us knowing it, it just brings a little smile to our face. Or we think of that youngster creating that 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 squiggle. You know, it it does something to us that puts us on that positive feel. Do you have any creative ways young performers could grow their audiences? Oh, my goodness. I think this is something we're all kind of uh, negotiating at the moment, especially. Um, you know, I remember starting off as a, as a young player, and what was so important for me was to play to the public, not to groups of percussion players particularly. It, I, I needed to communicate with the public um, because that was going to be my core audience. So for me, it wasn't important explaining about a paradiddle or a drag or a flam or whatever else. That, you know, yeah, they might have been inter interested for a moment or two, but that wasn't actually going to change their emotion towards a particular piece of music or experience. And so I think that it's always asking, well, what am I? What do I do? How do I do it? Who am I communicating with? What do I really want to say? What feels right at this point in time? And so on. But now, of course, we've all got the same kind of tools to use. So we can all have a website. We all have social media of one sort or another. Um, we can all document what we do. We can all put our wares on, you know, on a computer screen for all to enjoy or, or whatever. And so, you know, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been in the business for many, many years, that's kind of the medium we all have now. But I'm a big believer in what is the message, you know, so rather than just putting something up just for the sake of putting something up and, well, this is what I'm practicing now, it's, well, what does that mean? So, you know, you're asking people to look at this uh, for two minutes or whatever it might be. But within that two minutes or at the end of the two minutes, how and what do you want people to go away with, really? So, you know, when I do my little instrument improvisations here, you know, I might just pick up an instrument and just play a couple of minutes or whatever. And I might say, oh, well, this is a blah, blah. And, you know, there's nothing kind of deep or anything, you know, profound in that other than the fact that it's saying to people, well, look, you too can pick up this instrument or you too can think, ah, I thought you could play it like that. But now I see you can just sort of play it like this, you know, so to think outside of the box a little bit. Um, so it's kind of having that sort of childlike playfulness, but also seriousness as well. 
I think it's really understanding what the social media platforms can do and what you can bring to that. Don't feel pressurized at all. Don't compare. You know, just keep listening, listening, listening. Going back to that core thing. What is it that you yourself can do? What feels right for you at the time that you're 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 at with, with your journey? That's great advice. We've we've talked to artists about um, what they do in terms of business and entrepreneurship. Uh, and we've had some some artists have described business as dirty or describe business as uh, that's for someone else to deal with. Um, so what's your thinking on sort of the intersection of art and business? Yeah, well, there's business to everything. You know, that's that. You know, there's business. When we go into a shop and buy a, a, a bar of chocolate, that's a business. You know, you're receiving something and you're giving some money um, for that shop to uh, you know, to keep functioning so that you can invent more bars of chocolate. And that's a business. Um, you you drive to, to work or to college or whatever, that's a business, you know. So the fact of having that car or looking after the car, you're feeding other businesses and so on, you're part of your own business by making that journey. Everything we do in life is a business, dare I say, of one sort or another. And that's that, really. And when you choose to be a musician, well, you're in a business. You really are with many, many different arms to it. Um, so you're in the business of instrument manufacturing because you'll be probably playing an instrument. Um, so you'll be part of that development of, of the instrument. Um, you'll be part of the, the publishing side of things because you'll be playing pieces of music that people will be earning royalties from or whatever, or you might be in the, uh, the, the kind of journey of commissioning and so on. So you're dealing with the, the financial aspect of that and all sorts of things. So whether you're aware of it or not, you're actually feeding or receiving from a business. And, uh, and I think the sooner that we can understand that, the better. And what I was very aware of was um, early on was that yes I'm a performer but I'm also in the music business and so that meant that when I was earning money what exactly was I earning from that concert and what was being hived off how was it being paid to me how long did I have to wait dealing with the different currencies. So if I was playing in the States or in Canada or Australia or Hong Kong or Iceland or Sweden or what, suddenly all these different currencies, you know, this was before the Euros, you know, and, you know, Italy was in millions, you know, like God knows so many knots after, you know, when it might be 50 pounds or something. And it's like, oh, crumbs, you know, and then trying to manage all of that within your accounts and, and so on. And then, you know, making sense of that to your accountant. So, you know, all sorts of things like that, you, you have to get used to early on. And you can make the decision yourself with either, you know, trying to work some of this, this out or getting somebody else to do it for you. But if you do get somebody else to do it for you, have enough knowledge yourself just to kind of say, oh, you know, ask a few questions or, oh, can I have a look at that or whatever. If you decide to remove yourself completely, then that's absolutely fine. I'm not saying don't do that, but just be aware then that things might happen that you may not be aware of. 
you know, and it, I'm not saying nasty things or anything like that, but just right. things that, you know, where sometimes two heads are better than one to, to have a look at something. So, I mean, this morning, for example, we received a form from uh, one of the universities in the States. I've done a little uh, Q&A for them a few months ago, and the universities are quite complex with their paperwork, not just in the US, I have to say, but in general. And so, you know, all of this has been going to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. And then this form came that they asked for us to fill out. And then it just had a particular sort of a few words at the bottom with an empty box. And so Brenda said to me, right, well, what exactly does this mean? You know, and so I had a look at it and I said, well, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. But so, well, let's come to a kind of collective decision here and then we'll say to our uh, our contact from the university that well we think it's this but if it's not please let us know and and so on so you know even at the stage that we're constantly coming coming across things but i don't think it's a bad thing for institutions to perhaps address all of this area more than they have done um, i really do because it's such an important part and what worked for me maybe, you know, 30 years ago is a different scenario now. And so, you know, when you are in this business, keep moving. Just don't don't look back. Just keep moving. Look at where you're at right now and just keep going because things will never stay the same. They just won't. And so, you know, just always being aware, read all of the, not all, obviously, but read the, the, um, you know, the industry magazines and just see what's what, who's who and so on. Um, Just so that you've just got, you know, the kind of basic sort of knowledge as to what's going on. Um, Every day I look at the BBC entertainment, arts and entertainment thing, just see what's what. And I click on the business side and you know, just, just, you don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but I think it's worthwhile that this area is much more addressed in other institutions. And if nothing else, it helps you understand and see trends and recognize patterns. Oh, absolutely. And it will give you ideas. So I don't think business is dirty. I, and I don't think it's a, a thing for suits and all of that. It's, it's, it's always been, you know, it, it really has. I mean, when we think about long ago where, you know, people hunting and, and so on, and then, uh, you know, sharing this within a family or, or within a community and so on. This is all kind of business in a way, you know. Um, it's it's just, I think what's changing now is, is that social media has really changed how we understand the speed of business. Yeah. You know, when, when I was starting out, things kind of happened in a relatively logical way. Logic doesn't seem to happen so much anymore. You know, you can, you know, we've just had a thing in this country where, you know, somebody was a postman last Friday and now he's got a record contract on on the Saturday, you know, singing shanty songs and he does it really well. So, but, you know, can you imagine, oh, well, I'll pick up a drum today and then, oh, tomorrow I've got a record contract. I'm afraid, you know, it just doesn't work like that for us. So, but that's how it can be nowadays. <laughs> that, that, that's very insightful. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a quick break. If you're hearing this, you have a deeper than usual interest in music and musicians. 
Craft Brewed Music is a curated streaming service that was created for you. It's the app that streams better music for serious listeners, and we split our income with the artists. Download the app at the App Store or Google Play and try a free two-week trial. Or check out the Craft Brewed Music Podcast, a deeper exploration of this music and these artists, available wherever you listen. more at craftbrewedmusic.com. And now, back to our interview with Evelyn Glenny. So Evelyn, these three questions we ask of all of our interviewees. What advice would you give to others wanting to become an entrepreneur in, in your art, so as a musician? Absolutely. If you feel strongly about it, do it. Um, really, really important. So the first piece of advice is listen to yourself. And there has to be a kind of gut instinct there that you feel, you know what, I really want to do this. I really want to try this. And then know, or at least try to expand in your own mind what it is within that um, arts world you want to be involved with. So who are you targeting? How you might want to do that? Why do you want that? You know, what things are you prepared to sacrifice and so on? And uh, and then really it's a case of just sort of imagining all the antennae, you know, from every cell of your body, you know, sprouting out and just open up all of your senses um, and, and be like a sponge, you know, literally be like a sponge. And so to to read as much as you can, to speak with people, to connect with people, to open up your own opportunities, create the art of of opening up your own opportunities. Um, And then just take note on a daily basis as regards to, you know, what you've actually done. You know, you don't have to go into any detail or anything, but just quite literally, okay, yeah, did that or contacted so-and-so or read that or, ooh, you know, realized this or whatever it is, just these little, little things so that that becomes just a habit more than anything. And then you'll see some of the growth uh, that's happening. But most of all, keep keep all of your senses open. Great. Thank you. What can we do to ensure the arts are more accessible and reaching the widest possible audience? Well, I think this pandemic has really made us all realize that we need a plan B, a plan C and a plan D. We really do. And it's not just good enough, you know, practicing eight hours in your practice room, shutting the door and then waiting for something to happen. Um, We've got to look at our own skills, what we feel we can develop. Um, so if you find that, well, actually, you know, you play an instrument, but you also are, you know, you enjoy technology, then, you know, open some avenues up there, whether it's recording other people, whether it's recording yourself, whether it's creating podcasts, whether it's, um, you know, I don't know, it's, it's just finding out what those things are. For me, technology is not easy. I don't particularly enjoy it. Um, I'd be quite happy, you know, never to see a computer again. Um, But, you know, I've had to do this, you know, I've had to do this. And so, you know, when you see it as as a part of your business, then you will do it. Um, So, so yes, I I think think that's important. What's the best artistic or entrepreneurial advice that you've ever been given? 
that's a very good question. Um, I think the the advice has been, I've said it umpteen times during this chat, is listen to yourself. I think it, it goes an awful long way because it, it's not just about making the decisions we we make, you know, in, in our business, but it it sort of relates to everything that we do and that then relates to our well being and the actions that we take and therefore the environment that, that we're in. It really does. And I think that it can be as simple as getting up in the morning and thinking, shall I have breakfast or a shower first? And when you think of that, a straightforward, mundane type of thing, I might say to myself, well, if I have breakfast first, I'm kind of less likely to feel I want to then go into the shower, you know what I mean? Because I'm kind of full up and, you know, whatever, and I just want to put my clothes on. But um, whereas if I think, oh, I'll just get showered first and then I'm all springy and, and nice and clean and whatever, and then I'll put on my clothes and then I feel more hungry. So I'm going to have a nice little breakfast. So it, it puts a slightly different emphasis on breakfast and the shower. You know what I mean? Now, mm -hmm. a simple, simple thing like that, nobody else can answer that for me. That's entirely an internal conversation that I have with myself but it creates a, a, an, an action, really, but it creates a, a type of feeling. And so really, when you think about that, what you do before a concert, you know, how do you control your nerves? Or what are you going to focus on in this practice session? Um, or, oh, right, I've got half an hour now, so what, what will I do with that half an hour, you know? Um, or, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm going to miss the, the flight. So how, what, what actions and how are you going to kind of line yourself up and, and stable yourself so that you don't get all panicked about it and so on? It's all of these tiny, tiny things that just help you just stay with your feet on the ground. And it just means that you can both zoom into a situation, but also zoom out. That's great. Thank That's you great. so much Thank for you your much. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. It, we could we could have had this conversation for yeah, another yeah. hour. I, I do want to oh, just no take problem. one second. Do just want to take one question to ask if you could just uh, let listeners know how they could uh, learn more about you. And if you wouldn't mind, why don't you talk a little bit about your uh, podcast, the, the Evelyn Glennie podcast? Yes, um, the the. The Evan Lenny podcast series uh, started before lockdown last March, even although um, they were broadcast as soon as lockdown happened, and that was just a coincidence, And which is why the first series we were able to do face-to-face -face because they were uh, done prior. And, uh, and then, of course, once lockdown happened, we had to do it virtually. And so that was a very interesting learning curve. And... Um, but it meant that actually we were able to connect with guests who might not otherwise have been able to travel to, to where I am now. And the, the crux of, of the, the conversations, again, very loosely, is listening. So what does listening mean to a comedian? And, you know, when Bill Bailey, who's a wonderful comedian here, was talking about how his listening is all about observing. So he can be having a cup of coffee in a cafe and he's just sort of looking at people's actions or 
what they might say or or an instance that you and I may just sort of let it pass by and not really notice it. But for him, it could just be that nugget in his comedy scene, you know, and that's a form of listening. So it's not necessarily about sound, but it's about opening up all of the senses and then listening to a sketch um, that he he might be performing and nobody laughs. You know, uh, so what do you do? You know, so how does he then listen to himself and react to that and, and try to tide that over and so on? In the same way that if we play a boo-boo note or something, so do we get hung up in that or do we just move on, move on? You know, it's happened, done, move on. <laughs> you know, all sorts of things. And uh, or I had a wonderful opportunity of talking with um, three physicians from the World Doctors Orchestra and fascinating to know how their listening has changed by trying to um, communicate with their patients virtually as opposed to face-to-face. So, of course, they're only seeing the top half of a body, you know, whereas when they normally see them in their surgery, they see how they walk into their surgery. So that doctor is gaining clues, even though you and I are not aware of it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so they're building up this picture. They're not being able to do that in the same way when... And I mean, we're all looking at each other and we're just seeing the top halves, you know, so I've got no idea what's going on in the lower parts of your bodies. So, you, you know, and it's so it's so kind of fascinating with with um, having the opportunity to talk to all of these eclectic people, really. Yeah. It's a fantastic podcast and I highly recommend it. So, <laughs> well, the funny thing is, though, I found with the podcast is that I've, I've been so used to being interviewed that I actually find it extremely difficult being the interviewer and so this was a scenario where I felt completely outside of my my comfort zone and you'd think well it's so simple you just ask questions but actually it's not at all simple and you know I find it very very difficult and still find it quite hard but this is a good scenario of being outside of your comfort zone, of being uncomfortable for a little while, of just sort of, you, you know, seeing how the land lies and, and sort of build up the experience and so on. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be a Jay Leno or take over his job or a David Letterman or anything like that. But it's just listen to what feels right for you. That's great advice. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, visiting with you soon. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks, Evelyn. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Visit artsentrepreneurshippodcast.com to learn more about our guest and how you can help support artists, the arts, and this podcast. 